From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, Jr., the number of coronavirus cases and hospitalizations in Wisconsin continues to break records. Cases have been averaging 3,000 per day, then on Friday topped 4,000. In the midst of all this, Governor Tony Evers issued an emergency order requiring bars, restaurants, and retail stores to limit themselves to 25% capacity. Some had been at 50%. The Wisconsin Tavern League immediately sued, arguing that the order amounts to a de facto closure. A judge temporarily ruled in the Tavern League's favor and set a hearing for today in Sawyer County. What do you think this hearing will look like? If it's any indication how quickly the judge ruled in temporary restraining order, it's probably going to go against the governor. Um, now, I'm not a lawyer, but typically when I'm watching things like this, I, you see a judge get a request for temporary restraining order, the judge will give the other side at least the opportunity to, to comment. The judge didn't do that in this case, went right to granting the request for the TRO. Um, I asked a couple of attorneys about that last week, and one theory I heard back was that it's such a clear-cut violation of the Supreme Court's ruling from May about limits on the DHS Secretary's powers that that's probably why the judge went so quickly. Um, now, again, I'm not a lawyer, so you can't say for sure, but it does look like uh, the judge is really kind of happy with or more on the side of what the Tavern League is and the governor right now. Now, the thing to watch, if you're the governor, is this cues up the opportunity to go back to the state, state Supreme Court and relitigate this issue about the limits on the DHS secretary's powers. Remember, back in May, the state Supreme Court ruled that Health Services Secretary Andrea Palm had exceeded her powers in issuing the extended stay-at-home order. That was a 4-3 ruling since that decision came down, the courts changed. We now have uh, liberal Jill Karofsky, who was replaced, conservative Daniel Kelly. Kelly was part of that majority opinion back in May. So if this issue goes back to the state Supreme Court, you think that Evers and his administration might have a better shot of getting a, a favorable ruling this time than they did back in May. In another development, Wisconsin continues to be an important state in the election, now just two weeks away. President Trump held a huge rally in Janesville over the weekend and implored the crowd to give him another term. He ramped up the rhetoric against his Democratic opponent, former Vice President Joe Biden, and said Biden has ceded the Democratic Party to the, quote, hardcore militant left. Trump says it's now a party of socialists, Marxists, and left-wing extremists. How do you think Trump's message resonated with Wisconsin voters? Well, he's he's running a base campaign at this point, and you know, there are pros and cons of that. Uh, one of the pros is that the, the base is very much there for President Trump. They're excited, and he's giving them red meat to make sure that they turn out on Election Day. The con is the base is not big enough by itself to win Wisconsin unless there is another drop-off for Democrats like in 2016. So if you have an engaged Democratic um, base, if you have um, swing voters leaning toward Biden, you're going for a base election, you're kind of a difficult situation. So there are people I talk to who kind of question if the president is doing enough to expand his coalition, to give him a shot to win Wisconsin. Uh, you know, we'll see. If it's all about a base-on-base election, it can be a, a, a good a strategy. But if again, if there's an engaged Democratic turnout and uh, swing voters are going to turn out as well, that can cause you some issues. 
Trump also mentioned that if he wins Wisconsin, he wins the whole ball game. What do you think of his assessment of the state of the race? Will it all come down to Wisconsin? I mean, possibly there is a story in Axios last week. Uh, it's a kind of publication out in D.C., and they quoted uh, people saying that Bush is, or sorry, Trump's campaign manager laid out at least three paths to the winning the presidency, and none of them included Wisconsin. It is clear from the president spending his trips that he's going to places like Arizona and North Carolina that he needs. It looks like the administration, or his campaign, I should say, is focusing a little more on Pennsylvania than Wisconsin. But, you know, there are ways to win the presidency without Wisconsin. It just makes life a lot easier if he did take the state. And, you know, for Democrats, they feel like, hey, if, if they win Wisconsin, they feel like, you know, that's pretty much uh, a down payment on winning nationally because they feel very confident about places like Michigan, uh, pretty about Pennsylvania, and they're feeling good because they have shots to win, you know, in Arizona, for example. So... I guess what I'm getting at is that, yeah, you know, if, if the president wins Wisconsin, he's probably winning re-election. Uh, there's a path for him to get there without Wisconsin, but it's not a very wide path. Meanwhile, Biden criticized Trump for holding a rally in which thousands of people were packed shoulder to shoulder and not everyone was wearing a mask, even though the state is under a mask mandate. Biden has made Trump's handling of the coronavirus a central part of his campaign. Do you think this message is ringing with Wisconsin voters? Well, you know, it's just a, un- a different approach to the campaign. Uh, the Biden people are trying to have smaller events where people are socially distanced. Uh, Elizabeth Warren was in Milwaukee and Madison, for example, over the weekend doing events that were drive-in um, rallies. People were largely in their cars while she was speaking. You know, Trump's going for the typical campaign rally, people who are packed shoulder to shoulder and you know, full-throated cheers for him, that kind of thing. It's just, it's a different approach. And part of that is because Biden is making the president's handling of COVID-19 a main piece of his campaign. To him and his, his campaign, they see the way the president approached the, the disease as a problem for him. And they want to keep that focus on how the president has handled COVID-19, what he's been doing. And to them, they're taking a more responsible approach the president, they say, look, you know, there's not the same enthusiasm on the side for Joe Biden as there is for President Trump. That's why the big rallies are happening. We'll see. You know, um, I definitely get the impression from people that the more COVID-19 is in the news, the more we're talking about that and not taxes or law and order, those kinds of things, the worse it is for President Trump in terms of trying to, to win Wisconsin this fall. Now, several polls continue to show that Biden is ahead in Wisconsin. Do you think that lead will hold, or will Trump be able to turn it around in the next two weeks? It's been remarkable how stable the polls have been in Wisconsin. I mean, go back to early May, uh, when you really started to see the kind of the impact of COVID-19 and the president's handling of it start to show up in the polls. It's been a remarkably stable five, six, seven-point lead for Biden. Now, we've seen... Some polls with much larger uh, leads than others, but it's been fairly consistent right there in that kind of five-point range. And so I just, it's hard to see what would swing this this race dramatically in the final couple of weeks. A couple of things to keep an eye on, obviously. Um, there's stories that have been circling about what may or may not be Hunter Biden's laptop and, you know, whether that's actually true, what some outlets are reporting, or if it's a Russian misinformation campaign, you know, should something like that swing it? Maybe. Could it be something like, oh, a big 
performance in the debate to the last debate or, you know, something was maybe, but it's just hard to see what's going to radically change this race compared to what we've been seeing. You know, the flip side is a lot of Trump people think that the polls are off, that they are not properly gauging the support the president has and that they're wrong like they were four years ago. And that might be the case, but they've just been remarkably consistent the entire way from, from late spring until now. And finally, Democrats have asked the conservative U.S. Supreme Court to rule on whether mailed-in absentee ballots can be received in clerk's offices and counted in Wisconsin up to six days past the November 3rd election, provided they're postmarked by Election Day. Lower court rulings have been going back and forth for several weeks on this. What do you think will happen here, and do you think the high court will even take the case? That's an excellent question. I hate trying to make what courts are going to do because you never know. Um, that is a high bar from sometimes to take a case, but there have been a, a rash of state cases up before the court about things like this. So stay tuned. But, you know, we're seeing a record number of absentee ballots requested. We're seeing a huge number of returns so far. Uh, if I were somebody voting absentee, I wouldn't wait and see what the court does. I'd get my ballot in as soon as I felt comfortable who I was going to pick, to be honest with you. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.